charging hard. Larson, now Elliott on the inside of Harvick. Watch for that. Larson clears him. Out of four. Larson's going to win at Bristol. What a race. Let's go. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And man, once again, I mean, it just seems like back to back to back. We've got another full episode here for you, just jam-packed, because we've got to take a look back and look at the Bristol night race from last Saturday night. My goodness, a lot to talk about there. We will break that down in its entirety and try to move on from it. A little preview there. Didn't end up the way we would have liked, so we will take a look back at Bristol and see what happens there. What can we take away from it? And what can we do moving forward into the round of 12? Then we're going to look ahead because it is the first race of this round of 12. We're going to preview Las Vegas. That's right. Going back out to Las Vegas. Two races a year now. So we talk about money line picks. Talk about finishing position. We're going to sprinkle in, you know, maybe a prop bet or two. Just like we usually do. And then we've got a treat. We've got, for the first time this year, a rematch in the Full Tank Face-Off. We've got Derek. You can find him at Picks by Blaze on social media and contributor to bettingpros.com. Derek is back. We're happy to have him. And we're going to sit down and talk with him, do a little Full Tank Face-Off once again, and talk about any other bets that he is feeling at the end of the episode. So, jam-packed. Like I said, I'm not lying. Uh, so very excited to get into it. And then before we do anything, before we get to the Bristol stuff, just want to call out our, you know, speaking of the full tank face off, our buddy Chris came on. He was actually the only one to defeat me this year in the full tank face off Daytona. He and his buddy Ian have started a podcast talking about gambling on NASCAR, which is Chris's expertise and Ian's golf expertise, kind of bouncing things off one another, unique concept, kind of an expert and a, you know, novice. Um, talking about two different sports together. So give that a look. And just because I didn't mention it, it's the Flag Hunting Pod. That's the name of it. Good name there. Always love it when we get more people, you know, rising tide raises all ships type of deal. So uh, the more talk there is about NASCAR gambling, the better. So something else for you for your NASCAR content catalog when it comes to podcasts. And this week we got, you know, Vegas and the Ryder Cup. So I'm definitely going to be tuning in. So just wanted to call that out to those guys because um, it's definitely good stuff. So let's talk about Bristol because, man, I mean, this was just such a crazy night, crazy Saturday night. And we had, looking back at it, the Jeff Gluck was it a good race poll. We had the record-breaking race. This was ranked the highest. Over 95% of the people that responded to Jeff Gluck's podcast, that he, or sorry, his uh, Twitter poll that he does every single week, said that it was, in fact, a good race. And uh, just had everything. I mean, you know, breaking down the race, the first part of the race was pretty straightforward. It was really uh, the most exciting part that happened in the first half, I guess, was the Amarola incident where, you know, his mechanics were able to get him back 
out there on the track, not even leading, uh, losing a lap, rather. So that was the most interesting part of that. And then, obviously, the fireworks that happened towards the end of that race. I mean, it kind of started with Larson and Hamlin. And, uh, you know, they got into it there a little bit with a rub there against uh, Hamlin. That kind of ended Hamlin's chances there. But then, obviously, the big one. You know, everybody's talking about it. Kevin Harvick versus Chase Elliott. So um, if you want a recap of it, unless you're, you know, living under a rock, you, you probably don't need it. But I'll just say it just to kind of set us up here. You know, Chase was leading the race. I mean, and we had Chase called him out on the podcast last week. I was loving it. And then Harvick got into him and cut his tire down. And Chase, obviously, I mean, that ruined his night. So he had to come in and change up a tire, put him back behind everyone, and that really started things because now Chase is pissed off and he basically is trying to do the same thing to Harvick. And then what ended up happening was Chase just getting in his way so that his teammate Kyle Larson can pass Harvick for the win, essentially. Harvick, you know, this is a big deal, maybe not any other year because he's probably got like seven wins, but... The fact that he hasn't won in such a long time, it makes it even more of a deal. So they get, you know, on pit road and there's a lot of frustrations. And then, um, you know, they're they're yelling at each other. Then later they're trying to talk. And our guy Jordan Bianchi from The Athletic, friend of the podcast, he was on for the Bristol Dirt Race on uh, Full Tank with Phil. He gets in the middle of it. Kevin Harvick screaming at him, just trying to do his job recording the situation. So just all in all, just a wild night. So that's the breakdown of it. I mean... From my perspective, all I care about is the gambling part of it. So if you're saying, well, who is at fault here or who who's siding on, I'm going to go with the guy that we bet on. And we had a very good bet on Chase Elliott. I mean, we were concise. It was the, the die cast. Uh, gambling gods back at it again. Almost had it two weeks in a row for us. And then, you know, Harvick got into it. So obviously this week I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm a Chase fan here over Harvick. Um, doesn't makes sense to me why he would do that chase claims that he does it all the time so yeah i'm gonna be fired up in in chases now if i had bet on harvick i'd be the other way around that's just how i look at things but um don't really want to get too far into it other than that the takeaway from a gambler's perspective is do you touch either one of these two guys to win the race moving forward in this next round i don't know if anything's going to happen you know but it makes me nervous when these guys get into these heated confrontations to throw big bets down on either one of the two sides because you never know if retaliation is about to take place. I don't think it would happen at Vegas. Let's just kind of play this out uh, with the gambler's mind here. If you're going to say that retaliation from either one of them, because I don't think either one of them feels like they were the one doing the wrong. I think they both feel like, you know, they were wronged here and they both could act out again, like in their own minds, justified. So, um, that's really what makes you nervous. So if you're playing this out, I don't think you would react or retaliate at a Vegas track just because if you do, it's just like kind of cliche and, you know, you don't want to be the guy who's causing this round of the playoffs to be a living hell in the Roval, I think is the, the more likely place, more chances for a, a quick, uh, little dump there. And you can kind of blame it on the track. Uh, positioning and things like that. And plus, at that point in time, you kind of have a better sense of where 
your enemy is and as far as the standings, you know, maybe one of them's locked in, so it's okay if you dump them. Or maybe they're way out of the playoffs, so just end it for them. Just put a bullet in them. So I think the Roval's a better opportunity to take action. Um, but the point remains, betting on a heavy bet on either one of these guys, at least in this next race, try to see how things play out. Maybe things calm down. I'm skeptical of it. So we'll, we'll talk about Chase uh, in a couple of minutes here when I talk about somebody else. Um, but th- this is in the back of my mind. You know what I mean? It, it's tough. Now, they should be going head-to-head in a matchup in um, the driver prop section, and I don't see that matchup yet. But hopefully that comes shortly. So other bets did not really work out. I mean, I was really clinging to the Chase Elliott bet here. And uh, Kurt Busch was another one we, we took to win the race as kind of a long shot. And he was just off. Very surprising. You know, if we took Kurt to finish top 10, that would have been even more um, upsetting just because that was a more realistic chance. And he was just, you know, missed it. Completely missed the, the next round, which is crazy. Because he was, you know, tied, but you were like, well, he's going into Bristol. This is his track, man. And he really let us down. So that was kind of tough. Uh, Suarez got some issues early, and that really hurt our top 20 bet. Um, I was really holding out hope for maybe that plus 500 top 10 for Suarez, but he was not a factor whatsoever. Um, He did come in, though, to play my backpack parlay I put out there at Full Tank Phil. That hit, even though Suarez ran into problems. um, He still beat whoever he was going off at there. Christopher Bell, late issue. I mean, we called him out for top 10. That hurt us, and he was riding well. Just like Chase, it was like such a killer. Everything kind of happened in the last like 30 laps. It was just such a downer. Uh, Ryan Priest came through for us with the top 10. We went one and two in the head-to-head matchup. So um, pretty brutal there. We had the, the guys that got cut, some heartbreaks here for Almirola, who really fought hard to try to get it done after they had that issue early. They just couldn't make it happen. Tyler Reddick gets cut. Kurt Busch is the surprising one, like I said. And Michael McDowell, you know, he was really over his skis in this round of the playoffs. So those are the four guys that get cut. All four Hendrick drivers make the next round. That's a surprise, I think, to a lot of people based on what the cut line was going into Bristol. All four JGR guys are making it, and all three Penske drivers make it on to the round of 12. So, you know, the big guns are coming to play. The only outlier there is that four car, Kevin Harvick, one driver from Stewart House Racing. He's the only other guy kind of flying solo in the round of 12. So that we're going to move forward now to Las Vegas. Have all those guys trying to set themselves up for a good Talladega situation. You don't want to go into Talladega with any sort of question mark. If you can win this race, my God, you are just cruising with momentum because you don't have to sweat the night before Talladega. So let's take a look at Las Vegas. We'll start with the track stats like we normally do. Only 27 races here in the history of the Cup Series, which is a lot lower than what we're used to seeing from the last five or six weeks. Winner has started on the pole one time. It was Kyle Busch, but it was way back in 2009. The winner has started in the top five 37% of the time, and the top 10 55% of the time. That's a lot lower than we're used to seeing, just a heads up. So that I think opens the door for some people to be starting, you know, further back. As we see in the stat where, you know, starting outside the top 20, the winner has started there five times. That's 18% of the time. The last time it happened was Truex 
just a couple years ago, 2019, he started 24th. So it is possible to have a bad starting position kind of come through. Manufacturer trends, it's really, you know, kind of mixed lately. Ford, in the last, you know, 10 races or so, Ford has five of the wins, Toyota has two, and Chevy has three, and they've won the last two races. So I guess Chevy's got the hot hand at the moment, if you want to call it that. It was Kurt Busch and Kyle Larson. So there's not really much to cling to there as far as the manufacturer trends. It's really just kind of being aware of that anybody can go out there and get it done at this racetrack. And, you know, to that point, we're going to be calling out one of each of the manufacturers and one from each team except Stuart Haas Racing. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. Now, other things to note. I mean, the drivers have said, yeah, Talladega is kind of a, a wild card, but we know that going in. There have been multiple people that have said Las Vegas scares them the most because it's a, you know, intermediate track, mile and a half racetrack. You know, it's supposed to be that tone center, I guess you could say, the, the, the track that sets them up. And there are people nervous about it overall. So that is interesting to me. It makes me, you know, even more interested in in watching this race but you know this is the first time we're going back to a 550 package racetrack in a little bit here so we're going to have to kind of recalibrate because for the last round of the playoffs we were all talking about the the 750 package tracks and you know i went back and dug up the average green flag speed numbers for 550 tracks because that definitely helped us out as we were looking at the last round of the playoffs so that's something that you know really comes up this track has question marks all around it. Penske, I've got that kind of circled in my notes here, as we will talk about when we get to a pick to win the race here later. But, you know, the 550 versus track history and 2021 numbers, you know, that's the thing that's really tough for us as the gamblers to kind of zero in on. Now, Kyle Larson is the heavy favorite in this race, which I can't disagree with. I mean, he won here earlier. He's dominating 550 tracks. He won last week. He's got all the momentum in the world. You would not be crazy to bet on Kyle Larson. I'm not going to you know, dissuade you from doing that. Um, I think for the sake of the, the podcast, plus 350 is what he's going off at. And we typically like to try to find some better value there. So um, while I would not be shocked if he goes out and win the race, I'm going to call out some other guys to present to you as a gambler looking for some other options other than the heavy favorite. Because what we saw just a, a year ago with Kurt Busch, Kurt Busch had you know astronomical numbers to win this race last year, and he went out and got it done. He came out of the blue. I mean, his track stats and, and personal history at this racetrack is not good at all, and he went out and scored a win here. So that makes me a little bit more comfortable calling some of these guys out who are not big-time favorites and shorter odds here at this racetrack. So, like I said, we'll we'll talk about one from each of the, the teams. So, JGR, Hendrick, and Penske all going to get some call-outs here. And let's start with JGR because, you know, they are definitely a team to be reckoned with at this racetrack. So, Kyle Busch is the guy that I'm going with here. You could find him if you shop around at some different value. I mean, there were people reporting that he was going off at like 12 to 1 in certain books. That got adjusted. You can still find him at 8 to 1, plus 800 on a couple different sites. DraftKings is the one that I kind of use as my 
foundation, my, my temperature check. He's plus 600 on DraftKings at the moment. But when I'm looking at JGR, I'm really between him and Denny. And I've been calling out Denny, you know, basically the last like four episodes. So kind of thought, you know what, this might be a good time to, you know, broaden my horizons a little bit. Let's go to somebody different. And Kyle Bush, I mean, the value is here for him. And he's coming into this race plus nine to the cut line, which is, you know, kind of a different spot here for Kyle. So let's look at his last 10 races at this racetrack. He doesn't have a win in those races, but four top fives, six top tens. Average finish is 9.0. That's fifth out of everyone. Driver rating is 96.8. That's eighth compared to everyone. Now, in the 2021 race earlier this year, in the spring, he finished third. 550 tracks is what really gets your attention here when it comes to Kyle Busch because looking at the average green flag speed on the 550 tracks, he's third out of everyone. So he's definitely been fast, sneaky fast, I would say, at these tracks. I mean, that's not something that I think I would have thought if you were to kind of quiz me on the guys. I wouldn't say Kyle was that high up, but yeah, average green flag speed is, is 5.7 when you're looking at those numbers. So that's great. Now, he finished sixth here in the playoff race last year. Not too shabby. He's got three top threes in his last eight races at Las Vegas. That's what I want. I want a guy who's going to be there in the end, you know, just giving it all he got. Now, this is, to me, a big race for this team because it's time for them to step up. I mentioned how I'm kind of going back and forth between, you know, other guys like Denny. Um, Denny's a, a perennial championship favorite. I don't think you can say that about Kyle Busch, but this race could change all of that. So, you know, this is a chance for them to kind of reset. If you remember the first race of the last round, he was acting like a, a classic Kyle, kind of a crybaby saying, you know, we're done. They make the next round, and now they're plus nine. So I'm saying, like, he's a different spot right now. So this could be a, a perfect, you know, trendsetter. This is his hometown. Kurt won last year in this race. It'd be great. You know, Kurt was in the playoffs when he won that race and, and locked his way into the round of eight. It would be kind of uh, poetic if another Bush brother did the same exact thing this year. So plus 600, you might be able to find a better value elsewhere. Kyle Bush in the 18 car, lock it in to start off our money line picks. Now, let's move over to the Hendrick camp because, you know, like I was going back and forth between a couple of different guys with JGR, I'm doing the same thing with Hendrick and I'm landing on, this is of course, if it's not Larson. Right, We talked about kind of Larson's up there. We get it. He's the, the big guy. But other picks, value picks, it's Chase and Bowman and, well, William Byron. William Byron is who I'm landing on here. And this is definitely a, a shot here in the dark. Plus 1,200. And I was really going back and forth between Chase because, you know, Chase is definitely got the stats here. I mean, I definitely like both of them. But... Byron has the better value. So that's kind of where I'm leaning towards here. I mentioned Chase. You know, you never know what's going to happen with that Harvick situation. Things could get really out of control. So then you look at Byron. In his last 10 races, he only has two top 10 finishes here. Uh, average finish is also not great, 20.0. But his driver rating definitely improved. So overall, in his last nine races, his driver rating is 82.1. Okay, that's not, you know, anything you really want to hang your hat on, but it moves to 95.0 in the last two years, which is the span of three races. 
So that's something that kind of gets your attention. That means he's maybe figuring it out. He's still a younger driver. Things are kind of coming to him here. He finished eighth in the spring race, one of his top 10 finishes, and he led 25 laps. 12 laps led last year in the playoff race. And then the thing that really stands out to me, the reason why I chose Byron with this value and this risk over his teammates here is the 550 average green flag speed numbers. I mean, he's fourth out of everyone. Again, he won Homestead, the first intermediate track of the year. He went out and kind of shocked everyone, and he's been consistent on those mile and a halfs for the rest of the year. So earlier this year at Vegas, he had the fifth best green flag speed in the spring race. Like we're not talking about these previous races. We're talking about in 2021. So there's one last thing that I would say about Byron, and that's what he did last week is the definition of momentum. I mean, they were out of it. They were like pretty close to dead. And obviously some things went down with some other guys, but they worked their asses off and finished with a top three to sneak into this next round. And the thing about it is it's a breath of fresh air. You know what I mean? He's coming into it now right on the cut line, if I remember correctly, as far as what the new standings are. So now your head's back above water and you're going to a racetrack, the type of track that you've been successful at this year. That has to be just such a great feeling. So there is opportunity now for that 24 car to really shock some people. So if they do it, I want to be on the books with this one. So the 24 car plus 1200 lock me in there for a bit of a value pick. So now we're going to go to our last one. And this is the Penske crew. All right. And I mentioned kind of in the breakdown of Vegas, this one kind of confuses me a little bit. So I'm going to go, the, the guy we're talking about here is Ryan Blaney, plus 1,400. He's plus 200 to finish in the top five. We'll touch on that later. But Penske as an overall team, the prop bet here, they are going off at plus 450 to win the race as a team. So you're getting all three of their guys, which historically, Penske drivers own Las Vegas. I mean, they've got like just about 20 top 10s between the three of them uh, in the last 10 races. Like that's just wild to have those types of numbers. Multiple wins across the board. I think Joey and Brad each have two maybe. The point that I'm trying to make here is that Penske has been awesome at Las Vegas. I think in the spring race podcast episode, I I think I took all three of them. And uh, clearly that didn't work out with Larson winning. But that's because in 2021, the 550 tracks, they've kind of just been, you know, slowed up a bit. I mean, they've, they've struggled big time. So the reason why I like Blaney compared to the other two guys here is that he's the only one out of that stable who's in the top 10 when it comes to average green flag speed on the 550 tracks. He's seventh. He's by far the best Ford driver. Uh, Harvick is also in the top 10. I believe he's 10th in that stat. So I don't even mind taking Blaney at plus 390 to be the best Ford driver. I mean, there's all sorts of bets. I'm, I'm liking Ryan Blaney here. I'm all over the 12 team because of a lot of different things. But let's dig into some of his stats. Last 10 races, four top fives, seven top tens. His average finish is 9.2, six compared to everyone. His driver rating is 101.4. That's wild. He has four 
fifth place finishes in the last seven races. He has led at least one lap in the last four races, finished fifth in the spring. So Las Vegas is definitely a racetrack that Ryan Blaney is going to get a win at in some point in his career. So when he does it, I want to be on that team, kind of like what we were saying a second ago about Byron. I want in on this. So if he's going to cash in at plus 1,400, I mean, Penske is just, it's just shocking to me that, you know, their drivers are, are so far down the list. So if I'm choosing between one of those guys, Blaney's got the best numbers this year in 2021, even though Brad and Joey have better, slightly better numbers um, at Las Vegas. They're all dominant here. I like Blaney, plus 1,400 to win, plus 200 to finish in the top five. We talked about how he's got a bunch of them in the last seven races. Why not do it again? That value is crazy. And uh, to be the best forward, plus 390. I mean, Blaney all over it. He finished fourth at Bristol. Again, momentum is there. You just got to love a guy who's kind of coming in. And, and Blaney had those wins to, to end the regular season. He's sort of coming into his own now. I expect Blaney to be there in the, the round of eight. So this would be a great chance to you know, get in there and not have to worry about next week. Because he's decent at Talladega, but you don't want to have to rely on it. So he's plus 11 in the cut line. I think he has a real shot here to do damage there and uh, get a bigger lead than that and potentially clinch it. So to recap the picks to win the race, I'm going with Kyle Busch plus 600. Byron plus 1200 some value pick here and Ryan Blaney plus 1400 I mean just to just to take a quick second here who goes to Las Vegas just to play it safe you know what I'm saying we're trying to go out there and cash in big that's what we're doing here no one takes a flight to Las Vegas and says you know what I'm just gonna play it by the book this weekend no you're going all out you want to come home with some cash so that's why we're taking some of these risks compared to some of the other drivers that are out there. I'm not saying that they're not good options for you. I'm just presenting you with some more of the, you know, shot in the dark, but sound picks. Yeah. You said my baseball? Sure. There. Wow. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Wow. That's good advice. So now we're going to take a look at some of the finishing position bets for this race and i have to say like this is another prime example of having to really hawk when the lines come out because they do change we'll talk about an example of one of those here but i'm going to call out a few different guys and a few different finishing positions we're going to start with the 21 car of matt de Benedetto because he's going off at plus 160 to finish in the top 10. now that might be a little too out of control for you, but uh, and I would probably agree. But hey, like I said, we're here to make some money. We're here to take some risks, and plus one uh, one sixty is actually a pretty damn risky bet. So looking at Matty D, he is the most improved driver in terms of driver rating from the last six years. Looking at his last two races, he goes from sixty five point six to 92.5. That's six years to the last two years. That is a very big improvement. Obviously, the equipment that he's in plays a big-time factor in that. But then looking at it here, nine races for Matty D, two top tens, nothing to really you know, shake your head at there, um, just over 20% for finishing the top 10. But like I said, better equipment, 
usually means better finishes. He had back-to-back second-place finishes in the 2020 season. I think that's what really sticks out to a lot of people here. And he finished 16th in the spring of this season. So, you know, 16th mid-pack there. But it tells me that he's like in the ballpark of getting that top 10. So that's what we really are looking for here. His green flag speed has also improved every race since Nashville. That's been five races where he's been getting faster and faster as far as average green flag speed is concerned on the 550 tracks. So to me, that makes a little bit worth it at plus 160. I think he's still looking for that ride. He's looking to prove that he can get it done on intermediate tracks. He's not a guy who's just a back marker. He's here to play. And if he were to go out and put together a really good finish here to start the round of 12, I think that would turn a lot of heads. He needs that head turning at this point in his career, at this point of the season. So plus 160, I'm willing to ride with Matty D in this case. So mark me down for that 21 car in a top 10. The next guy that I'm going to talk about, Chris Buescher. All right. He, for top 20, started when they dropped the lines at minus 125. To me, that's perfect. That's exactly what I want. They adjusted it pretty quickly. I saw our guy, Jordan Maccabee, who um, might be on in a couple weeks to to come back onto this podcast. He put that out there right away, like, hey, take this now. It's going to change. And sure enough, he was right. Minus 165 is what it's at right now. I still think that that could be worth it. Um, Seven straight top 20 finishes. All right. And average finish is 16.9. That's good enough for 11th out of everybody on the circuit. His driver rating jumps from 62.8 to 73.6. He's just consistent, like a model of consistency. He's led some laps here at this racetrack. His average green flag speed is 15th, 550 track. So to me, that is something you know, to really look at pretty hard. I've got a matchup that I'm going to throw out there when we talk to Derek. I'm going to save it. I'm not going to bring it up here, but a um, little teaser for later. Head-to-head wise, I, I really like it. So we'll touch on that later. But minus 165 to finish top 20. I'm still in on that, even though we're giving up a lot of money there um, or a lot of value. Short, short odds, but I still really like it. But if you want some really long shot odds for top 20, because I think top 20s are like more fun um, at this point, just like half the field, essentially. Ryan Newman, okay, he's plus 150 to finish top 20. This is surprising to me, uh, surprising to me that I'm all over it uh, because he's just been kind of a guy that lets me down recently. But at Las Vegas in the last nine races, he has one top five, three top tens, and eight top 20 finishes. He missed the 2020 spring race last year, obviously, because he got hurt at Daytona. But he came back last year in the fall race with a 15th place finish. Like that was after that catastrophic injury. And that was during a season last year where he was dismal after that injury. When he came back, he was nobody. And so 15th place finish, that's impressive. He finished 18th here in the spring of 2021. So that's pretty good. Looking at the green flag speed, he's 22nd. His average is 20.3. Three, that's kind of like right on the cusp of what we're looking for here. And the thing about him is he finishes races. So to take that comment a step further, he's completed all but four laps at Las Vegas in the last nine races that he's been here. And the most he's ever been down is two. So he, he gets it done and he's in that realm of top 20 consistently at this track. So even this year, 
right? You could be saying, well, you know, Phil, that's historically, and Newman more recently has been brutal. No, I mean, his most recent stuff here, he's, he's dominating in terms of top 20. He's there. So plus 150, the value just skyrockets to me. It doesn't make sense as to why they have him so poor, but hey, I'll, I'll try to pick on that. So this is a value pick, sound the alarms, value pick here for a top 20. Get in on it if you want to make some money on Ryan Newman, because sometimes that's rare. <laughs> that is pretty rare over the past couple of years to find a good value pick that you feel comfortable with with Ryan Newman. So just to recap, we got Matty D plus 160 top 10, Chris Busher minus 165 top 20, and the big time value for Newman plus 150 top 20. Let's get it done. Vegas, baby, Vegas! So I tease it at the top of the episode. We've got Derek. You can find him on bettingpros.com at picks by Blaze. He was on earlier this year, just a few races back on the full tank faceoff. And he's here again to try to get some revenge in the faceoff. We're going to be breaking down some head-to-head matchups along with some other things. So without further ado, let's talk to Derek. All right, as advertised here, we are bringing back on to the podcast. It's the first time we had a, a repeat uh, challenger in the, the full tank with Phil Faceoff. We've got Derek. You can find him at Picks by Blaze, contributor of bettingpros.com. Derek, thanks for coming back on. Happy to be back. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. A very fun race to kind of bounce some stuff off of someone for. I mean, considering this is a gambling podcast, they're going to Vegas. This seems uh, pretty fitting. So I'm glad uh, glad you were able to jump on tonight. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, it certainly is fitting uh, with everybody going out to Las Vegas. So we get to roll the dice a little bit uh, and uh, kind of get into it. So I'm, I'm excited about this week, uh, round two, obviously, of the playoffs. So um, should be uh, a lot of fun. Round one was a whole bunch of excitement. So uh, it's going to be a great weekend for sure. I agree. Uh, I thought. The, the product on the racetrack, I mean, I know we don't really talk about that part of it as much on this podcast, uh, usually just based on the gambling aspect of it. But um, whether it was the gambling or just like what you're looking at, I, I thought round one fulfilled uh, everything that you could want. So I'm kind of hoping that uh, round two brings us more of the same, especially since it's kind of an eclectic you know, group of tracks here in this round. Um, it should be interesting. But before we talk about round of 12, and Vegas itself. Uh, Bristol, two questions for you, uh, two different topics here for you. We'll, we'll hit them quickly here. But first, do you want to see dirt on Bristol come spring 2022? That seems to be a hot topic right now. Um, I don't mind it. Uh, I like that they're going to the night race portion of it. So that'll be another uh, interesting wrinkle. Um I mean, dirt racing is is what the sport grew up on, um, obviously, with all the dirt tracks across the, the country and the world. Um, it's, it's obviously got a large following. So I think that helps NASCAR get fans that aren't even paying attention to the sport uh, necessarily to kind of want to tune in uh, and watch. So I actually don't mind it. Uh, Bristol, you know, of the past, like the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, we have to kind of realize that that's not, that's not what Bristol's going to be. Um, it's unfortunate, um, because so many fans, newer fans now, they don't understand what Bristol was. 
And uh, what Bristol was, was, I mean, so, uh, excitement. It was, um, in my mind, uh, a top four race each and every year, especially the night race. So uh, unfortunately, we're not going to get old Bristol. So we have to adapt to new Bristol and NASCAR, you know, putting more eyes on the, uh, the TV screens, getting them to the track. I, I don't mind dirt. Um, especially at night. So I'm okay with trying. I thought, I thought it went well in the spring, uh, well enough. And I know this new car is coming in and, you know, we don't know what it's going to do on short tracks or intermediates or even the super speedways. So, uh, sure. Bring it in, uh, with dirt, but that's, that's my take on it. What, what do you think? I, uh, so the, the night part of it, I think is definitely an interesting, uh, point that you're making. I think after I, I had a lot of fun on Saturday, like that race, I thought played out as good as it could possibly be for NASCAR. So it definitely feels like we're getting cheated out of a, another great race, like earlier in the year by putting dirt on it. But um, yeah. I'm down to watch it at night. I was not against it. You know, I was all for just kind of seeing what the experiment is. I think where I land on the dirt thing is like, let's find a different track to put dirt on. You know what I mean? I, I think Bristol yeah. is, uh, it, you know, I wish they could make Eldora work, you know, cause it worked for the trucks, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm down to watch it. Uh, you know, it just, I thought Saturday night was uh, a good, good race. And, um, it just really makes it to me kind of a shame to take one away, but, yeah. um, yeah, we'll, we'll see in the spring how it goes. Um, the, the only other Bristol question I had for you is like, where did you land with the whole Harvick Elliott thing? <laughs> Well, let's just say I'm not going to Subway anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was good hard racing. Uh, I know they got into each other and Chase, you know, retaliated, help, holding Harvick up so Larson then could uh, get by him. Uh, you know, everybody was watching the uh, confrontation afterwards. Uh, yeah, I was, I mean, obviously I was bummed from a betting perspective. I was kind of cashing my tickets in with uh, uh, an outright win. I had a top three on chase. So I was bummed when he got put in the wall uh, or had to cut, cut tire. So uh, from a personal standpoint, I was very frustrated from a fan standpoint uh, uh, of chase. Yeah. I was, I was glad that he, he went back and, and kind of showed his displeasure. Uh, I know he, I know he did not make Harvick happy at all. They had a couple uh, instances where they were, seen chatting uh and i think that will spill over into round two unfortunately um for chase and for harvick uh, we saw chase do it before with denny uh after they had a, a run in at, at martinsville the following week or two weeks later at uh, uh phoenix you know chase put uh denny in the wall so chase is not going to be a guy that is going to back down uh but you know it, it definitely was unfortunate but gave nascar a great great storylines going into this week. So uh, they're winners of the whole thing uh, and they're their most popular drivers, a part of it. So uh, we'll see what happens, but I think it's definitely going to spill over for sure. Yeah. I, I was kind of talking about in the, the lead in um, earlier in the episode, like if anything, if you're a gambler, it just makes you kind of want to stay away from, from yeah. these two guys. Cause you have no idea they could, everything could be kind of dormant and they might not, react at all and and everything's just business as usual or it could completely explode and i don't want to be on the receiving end of a you know the shaft there uh mm -hmm. if that happens because like you mentioned i mean i was on chase as well that that sucked um so to right. 
to take a risk and hope that they're not going to do anything dumb to each other is just a little bit too pricey for me. Um, So, yeah. And I feel like with this round, this, the second round here, uh, luckily for either one, there's no short tracks. Um, So, you know, but what that means is because there's not any short tracks, they get into each other anywhere else. It's probably going to be end of the day uh, for one of those drivers. And uh, I messaged you, uh, what, about 100 laps before, and I said, I have a gut feeling something bad happens to Harvick. Um, I was almost right with that gut feeling. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting. So I think it definitely spills over. But we'll see how it plays out. You, you were right, in a way. It just uh, didn't think it was going to take out, you know, the, the leader. Yeah. But, uh, hey, we'll, we'll move on, and, and we'll see yeah. if those two do also um so yeah overall you know i I had a good time in the first three races here so now we've got uh vegas coming up kicking off the round 12 i guess just as a high level perspective on the round of 12 is there anybody that you see kind of surprising i guess is the best way to to look at it because all of these guys are who you would expect to be here Mm -hmm. i don't think there's any real surprises in this round so is there anybody that you think uh, would maybe snag a spot in the round of eight that maybe would raise an eyebrow or two or come alive here? Uh, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know if anybody that's on the bubble right now, I think come alive. Uh, I know we talked about it the last time I was on. We talked about the Young Guns movement. Um, I still think there could be uh, that. Obviously, Reddick's not in it right now, but, but uh, Bell – and uh, Byron, you know, there's there's still two young guys that I think could uh, really shake some things up. So uh, from that perspective, but yeah, I think the first round cut who we thought it would. Um, Almirola, you you kind of hit that on the head uh, early on, saying, "Hey, watch watch his speed. His speed rating was very high. Um, it was no surprise to me watching it, um, but it was it was an interesting point that you made and and a valid point. So." I, I know he didn't get in, but it was impressive enough to watch him uh, fight for it. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting round. This is the wild card round, as I call it, uh, with Vegas, Dega, and then going to the uh, Roval. So I I think there could be a lot of excitement that happens uh, in these next three races. So, uh, but I don't, don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if anybody sneaks in that shouldn't quite yet. I think that's, that's fair. Um, I think maybe that question might be better asked next week after we see <laughs> the stuff unfold at yeah. Vegas and see who's in a hole and who's not. You know, yeah. I mean? if if they're going to be able to dig their way out of a hole uh, from the intermediate tracks to the two complete wild card tracks, yeah. that would be the more uh, surprising thing. So, on the um, surface, on the surface, it looks calm right now, but yeah. lurking. <laughs> Uh, with the night race this week and then obviously the two wild card races coming up, it, it could get crazy. That is and right. We could see it like if Kevin and, and Chase get into it and it causes Chase to have a really bad day, um, you know, that that's a big name guy. They're both big names, but previous, you know, past champion that that could put him in a hole going into Dega and having to do well, maybe pushing the envelope a little bit. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It's going to get it's going to get really exciting uh, coming up. Yeah, that's why, you know, I was actually chatting with somebody saying like, well, you know, I'll tune in for Talladega, but Vegas, you know, I'm really, uh, I'll, I'll kind of just look at the results. And I'm like, well, Vegas <laughs> is what like 
that's where they dig themselves the hole. And then the other two races of how they get out of them, like that, Vegas is where kind of the, the entertainment could be potentially. Uh, so that's how I feel. I, um, I agree with you. And I think there's a, there's a specific reason why NASCAR made the Vegas race, the first race around two and not the opening race. Like it was last year in the very beginning, like it was last year. Um, so I think there's a reason why it's going to be this weekend. Should be fun. I mean, when they're competing with the NFL as well, they're obviously wanting to put a, a, a really good product and something that all sports, um, you know, companies can talk about. So I think it's going to be pretty exciting this weekend. I wouldn't sleep on this race like you're saying. Yeah, for sure. No, I totally agree. And I didn't even think about like the battling with NFL uh, aspect of it. I mean, NBC is just cleaning up next Sunday night. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, good stuff. Yeah. So let's. Let's turn our attention then to the head-to-head matchups. This is the part of the podcast where we usually call out drivers to, you know, go head-to-head against another guy and, and finish ahead of them. And the way we're doing it this week is what we're calling the, the full tank face-off. So Derek's going to choose a matchup and choose his pick in that matchup. I'm going to get stuck with the other guy on the other end of it. Then I'll do the same. And then Derek being the guest, we'll get um, the, the advantage there to, to take two different matchups. Um, so, like I said, this is Derek's second time. First time I came out victorious, so this is the revenge tour, I guess. The first time we've had uh, vengeance possibility on uh, the face-off this year. So, what do you, what do you like to, to kick us off here for uh, the, the Vegas face-off head-to-heads? Well, thank you. I, uh, uh, after losing uh, our first head-to-head, having uh, a couple of my guys get into some accidents, I, I hit the lab here pretty hard in trying to find out what the best matchups are. So uh, what we're going we're gonna to do here is we're going to dive into Ryan Blaney at minus 115 versus Brad Keselowski at minus 105. You can find this on, on DraftKings uh, only. Uh, for Brad Keselowski, uh, we have him at 16 starts, uh, his three career wins, eight top fives. He's got 11 top tens and has an average finish of 10.5. It's his fifth best track on the circuit. Uh, he finished second here to uh, Larson in the spring. Uh, in his past 10 races, he holds a record of eight and two versus Blaney straight up. So he kind of owns Blaney in that regard. Uh, flipping over to the Ryan Blaney side and 10 starts for Ryan. He's got four top fives, seven top tens, and has an average finish of 9.2, which does best uh, Brad. Uh, This is his fourth best track. However, it would be his second highest rated track if we didn't have Bristol Dirt and Indy Grand Prix this year. Uh, His momentum on Ryan's side, that was one thing I was asking myself. uh, After closing the regular season with back-to-back wins and then having the first round, he finished 22nd at Darlington, 10th at Richmond, and 4th at Bristol last week. So he's, he's improving in the right regard. Um, and another thing I was thinking about with this matchup is, you know, Keselowski's obviously, uh, they're both fighting for a championship, but is Kez looking ahead to 2022 while, Br- while Blaney is looking more so at a championship in his future, uh, between these two, I'm going Ryan, Ryan Blaney at minus 115. I think, uh, even though Brad's got the head to head, I think Ryan's got the momentum and I think Ryan's going to you know, kind of carry that on into round eight. I think, I think this is Ryan Blaney's uh, round to kind of take control. I mean, he's got the Roval where he's, he's won previously. He won Dega in the playoffs last year or uh, uh, previously. 
and uh, you know, coming into to Vegas, this is already a, a great track form. So I'm going Ryan Blaney, and I'm giving you Brad Keselowski. What do you think about that? So I think it's a phenomenal pick. Um, before we started recording, we kind of said like how we're typically kind of on the same wavelength here. Um, earlier in the podcast, I called out Ryan Blaney as one of my picks to win this race. Um, and I, I, uh, you know, kind of the format that I laid out earlier for the, the the money line picks was kind of one from each team and, uh, one from each manufacturer, obviously. And, and so when I got to the Penske crew looking at, you know, the two other guys, yes, they do have some, some better stats, I guess, however you slice it. Um, but Blaney to me is the strongest Penske guy, uh, the strongest Ford in the field, uh, over the last couple months here. And so I can't disagree with your take. Um, Blaney, I, I, I took him to win at plus 1400. I, I had him, uh, plus, I, I, I don't remember what it was plus 200 for a top five, yep. um, exactly. plus 390 to be the top four. Like I'm all over Blaney. Good. So I, I can't hate taking it um now because i am a degenerate <laughs> i kind of don't mind in the head the heads here taking the other guy just so i have action on something else um so so kozlowski i mean you laid out his stats the the only thing i gotta hope here with brad is that he you know utilizes this track to his advantage and, and sets it himself up for success moving forward in the playoffs he, he channel that past success here that the reason i didn't take blaney or uh, i didn't take brad to to win over blaney earlier is just because this season on the the 550 package tracks brad is is much slower than than blaney um looking at the the speed averages um so you know for that reason blaney again is the good pick if i'm making a case for brad it has to be past success i mean nine top tens in his last 10 races here if, if you're telling me that you're going to give me a guy who is pretty much always going to be in the top 10, I mean, his average finish in the last 10 races specifically is 4.7. That's the best out of everyone. So, hey, in a head-to-head matchup, I guess in this case, I'm not asking him to win the damn thing. He doesn't have the speed, I don't think, to win. But I, I think he can put himself up there. Last week at Bristol, there was a point where he was like either leading or contending for the lead. And I was like, where the hell did he come from? Um, so, so maybe, you know, there was something that got into him here. I'm hoping, uh, that that is the case in this matchup, but I do not disagree with your take. So awesome. good stuff all around. Well, I'm happy with that. I'm <laughs> yeah. So good pick. Uh, it's going to be tough to overcome. So for me, I was, I'm still kind of struggling. I feel like this is the first time in, in one of these like face-offs where I've been like, uh, down to the wire, like see what I come back out with here uh, with my pick, because I was telling you looking at the matchups, at least on DraftKings, I don't know if I agree with the odds and the odds. I find myself more so on the, the underdogs, the guys that are getting like plus one or five plus one ten, And it makes me question myself because I feel like I've got like, you know, nice, safe sound, bets and then i look at the odds and like wait i gotta go back through this like what am i missing here um so that you know really makes it tough i am not going to take 
for this matchup here, not going to take a guy who's, who's plus money here, um, who is an underdog. I am going to try to use the books to my advantage, and I'm going to focus on the Hamlin versus Truex matchup. Uh, and, you know, in the, the JGR group, I was talking about Kyle Busch earlier, about how I, I liked his value and his stats here to win the race. But when it comes to these two, Denny Hamlin is the favorite, minus 125 on DraftKings compared to Truex's plus 105. And this is another one that I think is, you know, the books I think are right in this. I think if you look at just the like stats by themselves with no context, you're looking at like average finish and driver rating and things like that. You could say, well, you know, Truex is definitely like the guy here. Um, and, you know, you, you probably would be right. I mean, Truex historically in his last 10 races, He's got two wins, eight top tens. Average finish is ridiculous, like 6.0. It's like second best compared to Brad, I think. Um, so that would make you say, like, all right, Truex. And that's kind of what I had in my head. Yeah. But uh, then I saw he was plus money. I'm like, well, why is he plus money? So I need to look a little bit further into it. And I'm, I'm going with Hamlin, just to let you know. Um, so mm-hmm. Hamlin, decent numbers, nothing spectacular. Uh, three top fives in his last 10 five top tens average finish is 12.8 you know that's okay it's not anything spectacular but when you look at this season that's what really gets me and i'm a big you know lately um i've been really big on the the average green flag speed whether you're on 750 tracks or 550 tracks hamlin is like top two and in this case he's the second best driver in the field at 550 tracks um like by a lot it's larger than than hamlin and then pretty much everybody else. Uh, Truex is 10th. And, you know, looking at it, Hamlin has only had one track out of about like eight or nine uh, where he's been like double digits uh, for the, the green flag speed, which, you know, that is ridiculous to be single digits all the way through. You know, you're looking at like fourth best Vegas, second best uh, Kansas. With Truex, he's been in double digits all season except for three tracks so to me like i'm, I'm focus, focusing more on this season the speed that the 11 car has i mean he's proven it week in and week out he's just one of the best championship contenders um i think truex will be in the mix for a championship at the end but this weekend um i'm liking hamlin in the last 10 races truex is seven and three head to head with hamlin yeah. but over the last three races it's three nothing hamlin so clearly this this is a streaky uh matchup between these two guys and the the funny thing is even when truex is putting up good numbers in these last three races like a sixth place and a fourth place hamlin just just continues to you know shock him uh, he one ups them over these last few races so i'm um, going with hamlin in this matchup i'm sorry if i ranted too far there um to take anything away but are you comfortable with truex or uh, would you have rather had Hamlin? No, I, no. I think uh, I think anytime I can get a guy that's a championship caliber driver like Truex and who's in obviously contention, uh, I'll take that. These two will be around each other the entire time uh, on Sunday, so that element will be fun to watch. Um, the only note I had on this matchup because uh, I had a few matchups that I wasn't so sure on, and one of my questions was: Is the wrong guy here being favored? 
uh, obviously with Truex at plus money. Uh, Hamlin, uh, and I think you pointed out, Hamlin has an average finish here at Vegas at 12.9, while Truex is 10.7. So uh, I think I think they both carry a lot of momentum into this round. Hamlin, to me, almost seems like he's taken a step of asserting himself as, you know, I know he's maybe number two in the championship uh, kind of ranking element of it. And Truex is right there at three. Uh, but so I don't mind. I don't mind having Truex since they're going to be around each other. They share the same uh, equipment and uh, similar notes. So uh, I know you said Hamlin is three and zero in his last three. But to me, odds got to change at some time. So maybe that is this weekend uh, and I can go two and zero with those two picks. So I don't I don't hate Truex whatsoever. Well, that's, you know, I, I, if I were in your shoes, I'd probably agree. Um, and like I said, I've been kind of agonizing over these picks. I'll give you, after this is over, a couple of the other uh, matchups I was going to think about. And you can tell me <laughs> who you'd rather have over those. But um, right now you've got Truex and Blaney, and I've got Kislowski and Hamlin. So um, now you're going to take us home here with the third matchup in the, the faceoff. Yeah, so this was my second uh, ranked matchup that I had, so I was glad that you didn't steal that. Um, so we're going to look at Christopher Bell at plus 104 versus Alex Bowman at minus 122. This is available at most books, so you can kind of find it in your uh, uh, your respected book uh, or shop around as well. But, but we're going to look at a small sample size here for Bell since, again, he's, he's still just coming into the sport uh, this is first year with JGR, but so in a small sample size and three career starts, Bell only has one top 10, and that was in this past spring race. Now, if you want to kind of flip the page a little bit and look what he did full time in Xfinity with JGR, uh, he's got three top fives, two of which were runner up finishes, and, and he's led a staggering 163 laps total. So looking at that, there's a lot of comfortability. I know these are two different cars. Uh, but there's still an element when he goes to a track, he feels comfortable with. Um, so that element for him, I like. Uh, in nine career starts for Alex Bowman, and he's been in some starting park. He's, he's only now just uh, in a, a couple years in with uh, HMS, but he's got one top five, two top 10 finishes, and he's got an average finish of 19.7. Now he did finish uh, fifth last week, uh, at Bristol, but I don't, I don't see that momentum carrying on. I actually like bell again here with plus money, uh, to, to beat Alex, uh, this weekend. I, I follow HMS. I just feel like there's something there with Alex that he doesn't have like chase and Larson and Byron, but you know, all three of them have. So I don't think they're necessarily holding anything back. Uh, but I'll take, I'll take Christopher bell. So I'll go, back-to-back -back two JGR guys uh, with our face-off here. What do you think about getting Alex Bowman uh, in our picks? I, I love Bowman in this. Do you? Um, yeah, yeah, I do. Um, so th this, is a, this is a good one. We can really see how this one plays out. Uh, when you called it out, I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> scanning through all my stuff here and, you know, digging through it. And I really thought you were setting it up to, to take Bowman here with the momentum. Too. Yeah, <laughs> with the momentum last week, I mean, you even touched on it. I mean, I think that was so big for, for him um, to, to do that, to kind of pull himself up from the, you know, the bottom four and make it in. 
I think this is a fun matchup just because both these guys I would expect not to make the next round. Um, and so to see kind of them punching at each other here in a head-to-head is fun to watch. Um, now, digging into Xfinity stuff, I, I give you props for that. I think that is uh, definitely something that is, you know, tough to to go and find that data sometimes. And it's also, you know, drives you nuts trying to mm-hmm. say to yourself, all right, well, is this really like, is it apples to oranges or is it worth me throwing money down on, you know, what he's done here with a, a good ride? Um, the the thing, so I'm, I'm kind of putting that out of it and more focusing on the Alex Bowman portion of it. Um, and Bowman has gotten better at this racetrack recently. I mean, seven career starts, uh, looking just his driver rating in this case has improved from 88.7, looking at his full career here to 99.5 in the last three races. So that gets my attention, makes me comfortable with getting stuck with him here. Um, uh, 550 tracks, average green flag speed. He's eighth on the circuit. Christopher Bell's 16th. So I I like the, you know, the the speed angle there. Um, So, you know, Bell, I think overall, JGR is more of a team, I think. Um, Whereas Hendrick, it's kind of like split two and two. And it really always seems like it's been like that to me over the course of history for for Hendrick. JGR feels like they're more of a close-knit group. So, you know, the the high tide rises all ships type of thing on on that team. Um, With Hendrick, you know, Bowman and Byron are kind of getting the, the scraps, it feels like. Uh, so for that, I think, you know, if you're seeing, uh, Truex and, and Hamlin and Kyle do well, I think Bell's going to be there as well. Um, so, you know, that is another, if I was arguing for Bell, something that I would say, but I'm, I'm happy getting stuck with Bowman here. I, like I said, I can make a case for him for sure. Um, so yeah. And Vegas clearly, uh, thinks that as well. So that's always a plus sometimes. So, uh, yeah, that's a that's gonna be a good one to see. Um, Bell versus Bowman. I, I did not expect that one to be thrown out, so that's cool. Yeah, that'll be a fun one to watch. And like I said, that was my second uh, highest rated uh, matchup. So it'll be really interesting to see if I was duped uh, <laughs> some of the data I looked at or, or or not. So that'll be that will be another fun one uh, for sure. So what was uh, – I know you said you had three kind of picked out. What was the last one you had on your, your sheet? Yeah, so I had um, I had Larson versus Kyle Busch. Um, the line was way too big, uh, and the books – I mean, the books have it taken out to minus 155, and you can find that on FanDuel and DraftKings uh, or minus 130 for Larson uh, on Barstool Sportsbook. Uh, Bush is, I mean, he's so good there. Uh, and I know Larson is, uh, riding all this momentum one in the spring, but Bush, I mean, he's got eight top fives and 11 top tens. So I was just surprised in, in how it came out to be so much, uh, in favor of Larson where, you know, you can get another JGR guy at plus money plus one eighteen uh, at some places. So, that was the that was the other one I was looking at, but um, chose against it. I agree with the no play on that one. I mean the the line is is weird to me. 
if I were to play that, I would play Bush just because of the the heavy underdog favorite. Yeah. Because I don't think, you know, they're that different. Uh, I think on the course of the season, yeah, Larson is definitely way better than Bush in 2021. But um, looking at Las Vegas, this is one of his better tracks, um, you know, from a stat standpoint. And, uh, you know, speed-wise, he's not too far off. So I I just didn't agree, like you said, with the line. So that made it kind of a no play for me, kind of freaked me out. Um, It's it's too much juice. I mean, I don't want to pay that much juice for uh, a guy that, you know, if one bad thing happens to him, that's 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 a big price you have to pay if you're paying that. Uh, the only other thing that I, I was hoping Chase versus Harvick, that would have been a fun storyline in our face off. I was hoping that you weren't going to go Chase and I was going to get Harvick. But then when I looked at all their stats, I mean, this is Chase's third worst, uh, st- uh, you know, from a betting perspective. I mean, he's 20.6 place finish versus Harvick of 14. So I wasn't too worried that you were going to give me uh, get stuck in that matchup. So. Yeah. I, I kind of like what we were saying earlier, I need to see what happens to, yeah. to throw money. I love, first of all, when they first dropped the lines, that's the first thing I looked for and they didn't have, it. Yeah. so they definitely took their time I was, to yeah. put that together. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm happy that it's out there, you know, maybe on like Saturday night, I get a little drunk and I throw something in on it, depending on how I'm feeling. But, you know, from a, you know, clear headed perspective, I'm, I'm just like, nah, I can't touch it. I'm, I'm nope. tracking it for sure, but not going to throw any money on it. Um, there was one bet that I really liked that I just couldn't pull myself to put into the face off. And that is, I, I guess, because there were lesser guys in the scheme of things here, non-playoff drivers. Um, I, for some reason, really like Chris Busher over Eric Amarola this week. Interesting. Um, Busher. I would have been, I would have been the opposite. So go ahead. So you would have liked, okay. So you, you were happy with Truex. Um, but would you have yeah. been more happy with Amarola? I guess is the question. Uh, no, no. Okay. No, I have more faith in Truex, uh, but uh, from a side standpoint, as a lean, I may go, Almirola on the side somewhere, but uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear your take. Yeah. So the, the thing about it is, so I, I called out Busher as a top 20 pick. He's a, I'm giving up some juice there. Minus he, he opened up at minus 125 and then uh, they corrected it and still uh, minus 165. I'm still interested in taking that. I think giving up some juice in top 20 is a little bit different than what we were talking about with the head to heads where like one thing could go wrong. I feel like you could still kind of, weasel your way into a top 20 if, if you kind of, you know, hit the wall and, and bounce back a little bit. So minus 165 to finish in the top 10 or top 20. That got me looking at his stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, comparing it to Amarola, his numbers are better than Amarola's. Like they, they are average finish is better. Driver rating is better in the last three races is what I'm kind of zooming in on here. Um, and that was like, wait a second. Why is Amarola, you know, the favorite here? Um, just looking at the last three races, the driver rating 73.6 to 66.9 uh, for Amarola. Like, he, he just isn't that good here recently. And then head-to-head, I don't – let me see if I can pull this up um, right next to each other. But I was doing it the head-to-head matchups, and I was like, wait, like, it's like 
staggering how Busher has the advantage. So he's one, two, three, last three races, Busher is 3-0 against Amarola. Then I'm a big believer in like, Busher has been a non-playoff driver now for three races. He's in that mindset. He knows what his roles are. Their goals are set. Almirola, they're still dealing with down of, you know, coming off the playoff high. He doesn't have a signed contract yet. Like, just stress overall. That stuff, I feel like the, you know, non-track stuff plays a factor there. So all of that stuff combined, plus not to keep harping on the, the 550 track stuff, but Busher is 15th on the circuit in the 550 track green flag speed. And Amarola is 20th. Like that's not what I would expect. Hmm. So all of that stuff, I'm like, Dan Busher, you know, I know I said top 20 is a, a good pick, but um, I think I like the underdog plus 110 or whatever it is. Let me pull up the, the odds here right now. I like the underdog status there of plus 100 over Amarola. I mean, that would be my case, you know, yeah. uh, I guess after hearing that, would you have still been happy with Amarola or do you think there's something to it? No. And I'm glad I didn't take the bait uh, from switching <laughs> uh, from Truex over to Al- Almirola. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm surprised by those stats, just given the equipment element of it. I mean, I wouldn't have thought, uh somebody and he went from he jumped only over to roush not too long ago so i'm surprised that his numbers are that strong in comparison um and like you said i mean he he beat almirola last year or last time they were in vegas almirola finished last so that was a win uh an easy win for busher uh in that regard but that that does surprise me uh i would not have thought that i i'm shocked by that a little bit um I'm glad that I didn't, again, take that bait. Yeah. So the, uh, you know, I think both of the, uh, that's the one that I was really like kind of Mm -hmm. stressing about. I was like, damn, I I really want to do that, but uh, I needed something kind of on, on Hamlin um, this week. So that was my, my way of putting something on it. So, um, and you said you're at plus a hundred, is that correct in that matchup? Plus 100 is the matchup for Busher. I mean, I'm definitely going to be throwing that into yeah. a parlay or, or just straight up, um, probably both. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, on, on Instagram on Sundays, I like to just throw a bunch of parlays together yeah. and put them out there. He will be in a parlay uh, of some sort. And I feel like the parlays, because of what I was saying about liking the underdogs a lot of the times this week, I feel like you could put together some pretty crazy uh, odds with just like a two or three legger uh, parlay and, and I feel like it's got a legitimate shot of hitting so we'll see um, well something that would be interesting like you said and I had it as a note you know, Ryan Blaney at uh, top five is plus 200 so you roll that in with a Chris B- Busher you know top 20 um, that could be a nice payout for you uh, for the weekend if that hit that is very true I mean I, I'm, I'm a full believer in in Blaney like you said and, and Busher I mean the thing about him is he's been clean, you know, not to jock him more than I already have, but like right. he runs clean races at Vegas and I'm knocking on wood as I'm saying this, but you know, I like a guy to finish top 20 who can run a clean race, who can win a head to head matchup, who runs a clean race. And he hasn't had any wrecks. Uh, he's been running in the last 10 races every single time, nine career starts, even in the 37 and the 34 later mm-hmm. earlier in his career. So, um, 
all over Busher. You know, anyone listening to this podcast is probably like, all right, dude, get off of it. Because I, I talked about him earlier, but um, yeah, I just needed to really call out that that head to head. But that's, um, that's how you find and that's how you make money by listening to that, you know, tidbits like you bring. Um, because my re- instant reaction was, no, I, I would go Almirola. But you bringing that information is why, you know, uh, that those kind of facts will really make your weekend uh, in, in some regards. So uh, that's why you do it, right? Crossing my fingers. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it's like, you know, that I, I joke around all the time. Like we, we can sit here and look at the numbers and make really well thought out bets. And then some <laughs> asshole can, can, you know, you got to, you know, Anthony Alfredo can get in the way. And then all of a sudden, boom, the 17's in the wall um, yeah. with no, yeah. no problems. So, you know, we'll see how it goes, but yeah, I'm definitely, definitely over those stats. And, and just to recap the face off. So we're, we're clear. Um, you've got Ryan Blaney and I've got Kozlowski matchup. Number one. I've got Denny Hamlin. You've got Martin Truex Jr.'s matchup two. And then the last one was Christopher Bell for you and Alex Bowman for me. That's correct, right? Correct. All right. That is correct. I'll put the the bad Photoshop tail of the tape out there. (laughs) See if uh, you can get redemption. I like it. Any other – thoughts about this race any other bets that you liked uh that you wanted to throw out there yeah well that's a good question i mean the ryan blaney uh i'm gonna jump in on him outright as well uh uh, top five i loved that bet um from the group betting perspective again i i saw him uh, i saw him on fanduel at plus 230 uh and he was with bowman uh kurt bush and and christopher bell so that's when i'll be I'll be looking at, um, but from an outright perspective, as you know, from what we talk about, I wait for that inspection report to come out um, just so I can then, you know, finalize my bets, finalize what I'm going to do and uh, go from there. So uh, I, I, I tend to wait, as you know. That is, yes, I'm glad that you brought that up because I, I almost forgot about that. I mean, that has been like, so helpful since you came on last um you know i I forget what race that was was it darlington you came on to kick off the the playoffs and and those three races last round have been like so great to to see those um so yeah i mean anyone listening picks by blaze um he's gonna you know let us know when those guys Mm -hmm. fail inspection twice because just so you're clear we like those guys that fail inspection twice. That, we're we're going for for ways to make money off of those guys because the crew chiefs are onto something, and, and you've been so right in that. And I think all three races. So, um, yeah, very very good stuff. And you were and right I, with the the helmet cam thing last week yeah. too with Suarez. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, and like you were saying, I mean, uh, the inspection theory. Uh, that is when the books look at that, that's a good time. Um, if, if for anybody listening, that's a good time to live bet. Uh, once a guy's starting a little bit further back, sometimes the odds change and they can really benefit you. So I, I recommend maybe waiting for like a live bet shortly after the race starts or getting them in right away. I post it very frequently and I appreciate you, Phil, uh, for doing the same. Uh, you seem to uh, tag team well with me in that regard. And then last week we finally had a helmet cam. Unfortunately for you, 
uh, having it on Daniel Suarez. And uh, the helmet cam, uh, again, for me, I just feel like they put it on drivers that are going to be around a lot of action. Makes me so nervous, and I, that's why I stay away from guys, uh, from betting on guys that have uh, the helmet cam. So uh, it's proven well for us. I'll predict the future a little bit. Uh, inspection theory, it will happen this weekend. Uh, it will be a, a viable name, and uh, that'll be a good opportunity to, to lock that bet in. So we'll see what happens. I love it. I love it. I, it's such, that's like the reason to me, that's why I, you know, like listening to, to other podcasts about gambling on NASCAR. It's one, one of the reasons why I like talking to other people about it. It's like those little tidbits. Once you get on that, you can't get off of it. It's yeah. like the best. Um, it, it really sticks with you. So very cool. The, the last thing that I'm going to throw at you here um, and, and we can kind of discuss, see if we agree with this yeah. one. DraftKings has started to do some like props, uh, basically like pre-made parlays and like those types of things. And um, wanted to get your take on the team props section right now, because the closest there's, this is where they compare like race team to race team um, to finish in the top 10 and yep. JGR and Hendrick are the, the two shops that are the closest as terms of the odds. So JGR, versus Hendrick, most top 10 drivers at Vegas. JGR is the favorite, minus 115. Hendrick's minus 105. Who's your gut there? I mean, we didn't really uh, talk about this ahead of time, so I'm putting you on the spot here, but what's yeah. your gut tell you? Uh, my gut tells me it's JGR, and it's for reasons you previously said. So when we were, doing, when we were talking about the face-off and going through that, you said you feel like JGR is more of a team element under one roof kind of a thing. If you look over at Hendrick, yes, Kyle Larson just won. Yes, he's been dominating this year. Great. So there's one car. But Chase and Kevin, they have a little feud going. What happens if – what what if something happens with Chase through that? Uh, those two, maybe Kevin goes a lap down or struggling, and he's going to make Chase's day a lot worse. Well, there's one. Uh, Bowman, what if something happens to Bowman? We saw the first race uh, of the playoffs at Darlington – all three, Chase, Byron, and Bowman, all were in accidents. So from a team element, I do feel like they kind of uh, stick together. They're a lot more uh, closer in tandem. And the momentum as a unit, I think, is with JGR. Uh, we're going back to Kyle's hometown. He does very well in Vegas. Uh, you know, we talked about Hamlin and Truex. Those are top three top four caliber drivers in our sport. Um, so right there. So I like that uh, at minus 115 for JGR, like you said. Yeah, I agree. Minus 115 to me makes it worth it. The The other two uh, matchups that they throw out there, it's uh, RCR versus Ganassi. RCR is minus 120 as a favorite. And then it's Penske versus Stuart Haas, minus 165. Those, you know, aren't great. Minus one fifteen, I think, is tolerable, and I think it makes sense for for everything right. you said. So I might. It makes me wish every time they offer something new like this, I always want more. I'm like, yes, that's great, but it'd be nice to be able to parlay those together and right. get a, a nice payout. But um, hey, I'll be happy with the fact that they're kind of innovating here. So yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you there. JGR, I think, is going to have a, a decent uh, run this this weekend. So I good would, stuff. I'm. I, I, 
I wish that Team Penske minus 165 was lower because I think that is a slam dunk pick. Uh, Absolutely. It's a lot of juice. So, um, but yeah, that, that, that seems because of the reasons you said about Almirola and what I've been talking about with Kevin, uh, just to name a few. So that would be a slam dunk. But unfortunately, like you said, you can't parlay them in anything. So you have to, yeah. you have to eat that if you want to do so. I mean, I, I called out earlier when I talked about Blaney, you know, I'll say it to you. I mean, Penske owned this track in the past. Like these three guys have monster numbers. So, you know, they're to, to win the race, Penske's plus 450, like that interests me just in case like they catch lightning in a bottle here um, out of nowhere. And uh, I don't think Stuart Haas has a prayer um, in right. this matchup. So, yeah, if you if you got the the money to, to make something yeah. good off of it, yeah, minus 165, I think, is an absolute no brainer. But, um, yeah, it just depends on how comfortable you are with the juice. Yep, I agree. So cool. Um, Derek, any other thoughts, any closing, closing thoughts here? I mean, this was, this flew by and, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we have been on for a while here. It's crazy. Um, any, anything to leave us with this week? Well, I, and I appreciate your time and I appreciate everybody listening. The only other thing I had, uh, was as we look, this is the round where I feel as if, okay, we can talk about potential champion, uh, more so looking at that top four or final four. Uh, Phil, I, I jumped on a future with you with Byron. I got him at plus uh, 2,100 uh, and threw down a little bit on Blaney at plus 1,400. Those are two guys that could get into that final four. And wouldn't you love having a ticket like that in the final four where all you have to oh, do yeah. is three other guys? So uh, jumped on board with you uh, in that regard. Uh, and then we'll just see what the five does. Um, this is a big round with those two wild card races. Um, I think he's pretty secure, but man, if he has any type of an issue uh, this weekend, uh, it, the, the storylines could change dramatically. So um, when we get into the round of eight, uh, we'll look a little bit further uh, and we can talk a little bit more about championships. But that was just my little tidbit uh, as far as the playoffs and looking ahead a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you have anything new or anything uh, interesting on those regards. Yeah, so I agree that uh, I mean I'm I'm thrilled that you rode with me on on Byron. Yeah. It was a little scary last last uh, round, and he, he did survive. Um, I, I agree that Byron is still very much in the game. Um, I, as far as Larson, I don't want to wish you know him to do bad because I you know I like the five team, yeah. um, but I kind of want him to struggle just so the odds change. Like it's not even fun to take him right no. now. It's like ridiculous. The awesome. odds that you're getting. Yeah. That's absurd. Yeah. So I kind of want to see some adversity just so that the odds change and then we can get Larson a little bit better number. Um, I had some free bets come my way. Various things happened on my accounts um, for a couple of different books. So I did throw some stuff down at plus 750 for Truex and plus 650 for Hamlin. Um, bigger name guys, guys that I think are going to be there. And I, you know, I just wanted to have something else, um, out there, but, um, I agree Blaney and Byron, if you're looking for like the, the crazy wild card, big numbers there, I mean, that's, I, I don't disagree with those two guys at this point. I mean, you might be able to get Byron, um, at a different number too, even, even better, uh, for the gambler, but yeah, I'm a big, you know, as we found out last year, I'm big on last race of a round 
going on a guy and then having him, you know, shock everybody uh, like Chase did at Martinsville. That's that's where the money uh, could definitely be made. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to jump on. Like you said, I wouldn't want to jump on Larson right now. Plus one ninety five. That number will come back. That'll come back to the public. Uh, People will be able to get a better number. Uh, at some point he can't always be finishing first and second something will happen in these next race or two where that number uh, comes back in your favor then judge it on yourselves but uh, this is this is a race reason why I went on Byron and Blaney I don't think that number is going to be there anymore and I don't want to I don't want to miss out I agree I mean if 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 they do what we think they can do here in these couple rounds um, or these couple races um yeah, that'll that'll definitely get shorter. So, yeah, good stuff. I like the thought process. Yeah. Cool. Well, Derek, um, good luck to you in the matchup. See if you can, um, you know, tie it up one-one in the series. Um, and we'll, you know, keep track of it. Put it out there for people to weigh in on and see how it ends up on Sunday night. Well, Phil, I, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you having me back on. Uh, for anybody out there, again, uh, check me out on Betting Pros uh, at Picks by Blaze and uh, Twitter and Instagram as well. So, Phil, I appreciate it and uh, can't wait to watch our uh, face-offs this weekend. Same here. Same here. This is going to be a fun one for sure um, based on who we picked. So, yeah, always a pleasure talking with you, Derek, mm-hmm. and, and this uh, is great. Good stuff all around, so I appreciate it. So once again, thanks to Derek for coming on, and we'll have to see what we end up with here with this full tank face-off. We'll put it out there for any of you that are listening that want to weigh in, see who you think you're going to ride with this weekend. If uh, you were to make some picks off of those head-to-heads, see who you like. be interesting to find that out as well. So we'll put that out there at Full Tank Phil in the stories. You can vote on that. Always get a kick out of the results of that. So I'm going to only leave you with one other thing this week. And that is we only got four truck races left the rest of this year. And I fucking love the trucks. And last weekend hit a nice parlay on Friday night, or actually it was Thursday night. And, uh, just felt really good. It set up my weekend really perfectly. And so I wanted to get back at it, just throw some quick thoughts about the trucks here because, you know, we're, we're going to miss this when we don't have the trucks on some of these future races here um, throughout the rest of the regular season. So getting back into some intermediate racetracks here, I think I'm all over John Hunter Nemechek. He's plus 350, kind of getting back into his wheelhouse. KBM is just so good here. And John Hunter, this is his chance to really grab the bull by the horns and, you know, throw himself into the championship with this uh, victory in Las Vegas. Without Kyle Busch in this race, to me, this is just like totally opened up to to John Hunter to really take it and run with it. So I'm I'm liking him money line. I'm gonna throw maybe another money line pick out there as the the week goes on. I mean, you got to give Sheldon Creed another look. Honestly, I mean, I called him out last week um, saying that there's no way he'd win three in a row, and he almost did. So clearly, Sheldon Creed's onto something here. Um, his value, I think, is like plus 600 at this point to win the race. Yeah, that might be a, a little worth it. But there was one thing last week that I, I drilled on, and that was Matt Crafton versus Sam Mayer. And I told all my buddies, like, 
even the guys who don't even bet on NASCAR. I was texting people like, this is a, you have to take this. Matt Crafton's a lock here. I feel like I'm on another one this week that I just want to get it out there in the world and see what happens. This week, we've got Austin Hill as an underdog to Zane Smith. And this, to me, doesn't make sense. Zane Smith, I feel like, you know, the sports books are starting to catch up to us on NASCAR in general, but we're still able to sort of take advantage of some stuff of the sports books on the trucks because they're kind of lower level and they're not really thinking about it as much. They're looking at Zane Smith's average finish and saying, okay, he's the favorite here. But in the three races that they've been in the same race together, Austin Hill wins those head-to-head matchups 3-0. Like, he's 3-0. And Austin Hill, specifically, recently is on an absolute tear Okay, he's got a pattern going on of win third place, win third place. So I'm on Austin Hill plus 900 to win the damn race, plus 100 to finish top five and to win this matchup. I'm texting all my buddies, Austin Hill over Zane Smith, lock it in. He's the underdog, minus 105 to Zane Smith's minus 115. I typically love the Smiths. You know, I I was all over uh, the 18 last week, Chandler Smith. Called him out, loved it, loved what I saw with the Smith, you know, usually the Smith guys, but this week I got to go against them because to me, it's Austin Hill and it's, you know, not even close. So just throwing that out there and hopefully, you know, you can ride with me and we make some money on that one as well. That'll do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks again to our guest this week, Derek from bettingpros.com at Picks by Blaze. Great sport coming in, doing the full tank face-off again. We'll see how it pans out. And this next round will be in Talladega for the big one in just a week. So remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next time for Talladega. Go. Hell no place to go.